0: How do you deal with the constant, relentlessly, soul-crushing pain of disappointment after disappointment that characterizes our lives on Earth? You must be very old, right? So I thought you might know. Thanks again, your friend.
1: (laughs) From Wyoming Public Media, this is human nature real stories where humans and our habitat meet. I'm Caroline Ballard. In this episode, we'll hear about a city that dealt with its drought in an unusual way. A big part of Melbourne, Australia's identity is its spectacular parks and gardens. But Deputy Lord Mayor Aaron Wood says growing trees on one of the driest continents on earth isn't easy.
0: It all came from something which was pretty sad and and truly devastating for the city. You know, I watched that unfold. We went through what is now called the Millennium Drought and it was a drought which ended up being more than a decade long. And you know, halfway through that drought there was a a real thought, well gee, is this the is this the new normal? Are we, you know, ever gonna see a break in this drought? And of course we'd faced droughts before, but this was was something new. The intensity of the drought, the length of the drought, we have over seventy-seven thousand trees that we manage in public spaces in our parks and gardens and streetscapes. And we were looking at losing close to half of that urban forest population within the next 10 to 20 years as a result of that millennium drought. So this was really serious stuff. It was crisis stuff. You know, what the heck are we gonna do?
1: So Aaron and the city's urban forestry team had their work cut out.
0: And what we saw wasn't just the trees declining in health. I watched an area, particularly along uh, a river that runs right through the middle of Melbourne, the Yarra River, uh, and you know, beautiful, you know, green grass, um, everything you think about for a beautiful city park and garden. And it didn't just sort of you, you didn't just see the grass turn brown and die. What happened was it, it first died because there were severe water restrictions, and then because the drought was so prolonged, it literally turned to dust. So what you saw there was a a fundamental change in what people, you know, believe Melbourne to be. So it it wasn't just about, you know, the parks and gardens and the environment, it was literally about the identity for Melburnians to be looking out and seeing a completely different landscape to what they'd grown up with and to what they knew and loved about Melbourne. There are still you know, many impacts from that millennium drought that can be seen in a lot of the mature trees, particularly the European trees which suffer a lot more uh, in those conditions and indeed a lot of our mature trees have been severely impacted in terms of reducing their useful life. Their canopies are just nothing like a healthy tree, you know, a few leaves here and there, so it's really quite a distressing thing to see. But. Because of all the action that we've taken, many of you know, our parks and gardens are green and thriving. What we learnt through the millennium drought has returned what we had before. And, and that's you know, what Melbourne's renowned for, um, some of the best parks and gardens that you'll see.
1: But it's not just about looking pretty. Parks and urban forests provide microclimates and help cool the city.
0: You know, the urban heat island effect is well known and documented, the urban forest, and indeed our trees are really the first defense against combating the urban heat island effect.
1: Managing all these trees is a big job. So the city has a document called the Urban Forest Strategy, which Aaron and his team developed in response to the millennium drought.
0: That's got two really important targets in it. We want to double the forest canopy cover over the next 20 years, from about 20% forest canopy cover to up over 40%, and that's about cooling the city. But we also want to diversify the species that we've got in our urban forests to protect against disease and to make them more resilient to a changing climate, and indeed a climate that's really quite a harsh climate to grow trees in. Mm -hmm. We mapped all the trees because if we're going to manage this urban forest, we've got to map them. Every tree was given an ID so that we could manage them. It's really, really simple, really visual. And the amazing thing is, you know, for someone who lives in a street in Melbourne, is that they can go right down to their street level and literally see the trees that are outside in their street.
1: This online map of Melbourne has dots to represent each tree. When you click on a dot, you see information about that particular tree and the tree's own personal email address.
0: And indeed, the whole email a tree arose because once we mapped them, we thought, wow, what we could have here is residents could email in a tree ID and say, this tree has dropped a limb or this tree is looking like it's suffering through um, you know, warmer weather. And we could then uh, actually get out there and, and take you know, any sort of remedial action that was necessary.
1: city started to get emails like that this tree has dropped a limb the new tree on my street isn't growing properly but not all the emails to trees were so pragmatic
0: then we had all sorts of you know funny emails there was one i remember cuz i started reading a lot of them and someone emailing saying i'm really sorry tree you know 453 that my dog peed on you this morning you know just just quirky funny things like that but then there were some quite heartfelt ones too where um, one of the emails i remember was a lady uh, emailed a group of trees outside our state library and they're, they're really stunning trees that have been there for a long time and she said that i had taken water from my office out to you through the drought and i'm so happy that you're surviving and thriving to this day and it makes me smile every time i, I walk past you so it just it, it was quite a, an unbelievable outpouring lots of humor but also lots of really heartfelt uh, emails as well we just didn't quite anticipate the love of Melbourne's urban forest from residents and indeed all around the world it's just it's amazing because it shows that people really are taking ownership for the urban forest it's not the city of melbourne's urban forest anymore it's our urban forest the residents
1: what did you think when you started to see that some of these were very personal emails
0: well, I mean, initially you kind of think, oh, gosh, you know, what, what are people going to think of this? You know, this is sort of the classic, um, you know, what is local government doing, you know, using time and resources on an email a tree program? The good thing about it is that the resources taken are very minimal, so we're happy on that front. Um, but the, the really important part of this is if you want to build support and ownership of the urban forest, then having people want to email a tree and, and talk about, you know, that this tree played a big role as they were growing up or, you know, one student um, from one of the universities emailed the tree during an exam saying, I'm really quite stressed out at the moment, I wish I was out there with you tree ID, you know, whatever the tree ID was. But what it demonstrates is just, it demonstrates a growing um, real love for Melbourne's urban forest that we can translate into support for what we're doing.
1: So... Do you have some of those uh, those emails handy?
0: I certainly do. Would you like me to read some? I would
1: love for you to read some.
0: Okay, here we go. So this is one to the Western Red Cedar. Hi, Tree. Are you worried about being affected by the Greek debt crisis? Should Greece be allowed to stay in the European Union? Regards, Troy. Now, that obviously <laughs> happened during the Greek debt crisis. So there you go. Uh, the Weeping Myrtle. This one I love. Hello, Weeping Myrtle, I'm sitting inside near you and I noticed on the urban tree map, you don't have many friends nearby. I think that's sad, so I want you to know that I'm thinking of you. I also wanna thank you for providing oxygen for us to breathe in the hustle and bustle of the city. Best regards. And this this one is also a good one too. Hi, tree, or hello, green leaf Elm, more appropriately. It's me again. I just got my marks for last semester back. On a definitely completely unrelated note, how do you deal with the constant, relentlessly soul-crushing pain of disappointment after disappointment that characterises our lives on Earth? You must be very old, right? So I thought you might know. Thanks again, your friend. So <laughs> quite quite varied.
1: Do the trees write back ever?
0: They do. They do. That's um, I sort of I felt like I was you know breaking the. Um, the written code about you know Santa Claus or Father Christmas not being real. When I told them that it wasn't actually the tree that was replying, it was um, some of our dedicated volunteers. But the trees do reply. So you know the wonderful thing is um, people can send in an email and actually get back a reply, which is often a nice surprise for people.
1: Hi Cypress Plain, my name is Ivo and I live in Split, Croatia. I'm 15 and I'm going to Queen Yelena College. How about you? What's up in Melbourne? Regards from Split, Smiley Face XOXO.
2: Hi Ivo, there is plenty going on in Melbourne. It's the start of autumn here, so I will be losing my leaves as soon as we have a cold snap in the weather. This weekend there was a festival called Moomba, so the city was very busy. Next weekend is the International Flower and Garden Show, which is my favourite event, but I guess I am a bit biased. Hope things are well in Split. Cypress Plain, Tree ID,
1: 1024776 Dear lemon-scented gums I think of you as twins rather than individuals I know that troubles some human twins but I like to think trees are very communally minded You are both different 1022036 with your smooth trunk and 1022037 with your barley sugar twist You will always be two of my favorite Melbourne trees.
2: May you live long and prosper. Best regards, Amanda. Thank you, Amanda. Such kind words. We don't mind if you think of us as twins. Beneath the soil, our roots are intertwined, and we share nutrients. We are actually a lot luckier than many of the trees in the city because we have each other. Some trees are isolated in plots. In fact... A fantastic human recently gave a TED talk about how trees rely on each other. Best wishes, lemon scented gum, tree ID 1022036, and tree ID one zero double two zero three seven. Dear Tree at End of Swanston Street. I used to admire you and your mate when I was a young student at Melbourne Uni and lived in college in 1970-71. You reminded me of my country background, and you still do, 45 years later. Despite the increasing traffic, you still stand tall and free. Long may you do so. Lauren. Hi, Lauren. Thanks for getting in touch. I've lived such a long life and seen so many humans in my time, so it's always nice to hear that I have stood out in someone's memory. Yes, it's a tough job being a tree in the city, with all the cars and concrete, but someone has to do it it will be very sad to have no trees at all. Hope to see you again sometime. Best lemon-scented gum. Tree ID one zero double two zero three seven.
1: What did it feel like for the trees to be almost given personalities by some of the people sending in emails?
0: You know, it, it sort of astounded me initially that people would, you know, take the time in their day to do this, but at the sort of furthest end of this, there's a... There's a real kind of philosophical or, or academic movement around what it means to be part of an ecosystem and, and I think what it demonstrates is the fact that nature is intrinsically part of who we are and it perhaps demonstrates a growing awareness or even an awakening of, of the fact that we're part of a natural ecosystem and I, and I think that's a really important thing because Particularly in urban environments, we can be you know quite divorced from from the natural environment and, and forget that we're actually part of a system. You know, the air we breathe, the water we drink, you know, the food we grow and you know indeed the trees that provide you know all of these wonderful services for us. That connection with nature and, and to be part of nature is important to our psyche and there's all sorts of studies about green spaces being important for well-being. And you know, we forget that. We forget that we're part of a natural system, and and that can have impacts really quite directly on our health. So, this is just another kind of outpouring of that need to be connected. And I think it's you know it's a really lovely thing to to see how much people love the trees and the parks and the gardens, um, and want to have more of that nature in the city.
1: storyteller was aaron wood he's the deputy lord mayor of melbourne australia
0: so the, the funniest thing was that you know i'm my name is aaron wood and obviously i was you know in charge of the urban forest but the deputy chair of the environment portfolio was kathy oak so uh and the uh officer in charge was ian shears so uh, there you go so wood oak and shears managing the urban forest for melbourne
1: you can watch the TED Talk about how trees rely on each other at our website, humannaturepodcast.org. Special thanks to Haley Farstad for giving voice to the trees. You also heard the voices of our producers, Micah Schweitzer, Aaron Jones, and Anna Rader. I'm Caroline Ballard. The theme song is by Caught a Ghost. Human Nature is a production of Wyoming Public Media.
2: It's human